Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials Podcast. It is 7.53 p.m. on Monday, January 6th. Welcome back and thanks again for listening. And if you're new, hey, we're your hosts, Rochelle. And Samuel Shoyola. And we're the creators of MarriageMillennials.com, where we help millennials see God's design for faith, smart dating, and marriage. Pretty much, we share tools for millennials to honor Christ before they have a spouse and with one, and prepare for family if that is a current desire they have. All right, and before we get started, as always, we want to tell you where you can keep the convo going with us after the end of the podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. This will be posted on the site, marriageformillennials.com, so if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on the post, that you, and you can also visit the Facebook page, backslash MF Millennials. Rose Twitter and IG handles are at Rochelle Shiola and mine is at Samuel Shiola. So feel free to follow and talk with us there as well. Also, the podcast is on all listening outlets, so subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. Just type Marriage for Millennials in the search bar and it will pop right up for you. <laughs> Staying a little rusty there. Last thing, if you've been following or even if you haven't, there are a ton of cool things on the site from workbooks to our free How to Change Your Love Life in 90 Days workbook, products, and more. So feel free to check those out as well. Alrighty, guys, let's, let's jump, jump in. in. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I should have committed this memory by now. <laughs> I know. Um, hey, guys. Um, welcome back. Back again with another podcast. Happy New Year. Yes. Hoping you wrapped up a great weekend and a great start to your week. Really to your new year, like Sam said. Happy New Year to you and yours. This was the first year we were asleep by nine. <laughs> yeah, ma'am. And we do not feel bad about it. Not a bit. Not a bit. Nope. Thank the Lord every time I see a new gray. You know what I'm saying? Um, I am very thankful that he brought us through 2019 into 2020 and all the blessings that we had to come. And even all the trials are going to help shape our character and make us more like his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, the end of 2009 was really great. Like after... 2019. I think, 19, sorry. <laughs> 2009 too. 2009 was a great year. But... Um, Didn't you just start college? I did, but it was a great <laughs> summer. I feel like 2009 was a great summer for everybody. <laughs> but like I said, 2019, the end of it, I think from September on was just really, really great. So, you know, no complaints. Um, but yeah. Uh, so last week... We posted the, and when I say last week, I kind of mean like January 1st. Um, so we yeah. we posted the God versus Your Vision Board podcast we did in 2018 going into 2019. Um, and we just kind of reposted that kind of like an archive podcast. <laughs> we pretty much have the same feelings about vision boards that we had back then. So we thought it would be great. To give you guys like a New Year themed podcast. And it really also allowed us to just have a couple more days uh, in break before we started getting back into the swing of things in regards to our podcast. So this is our first true new podcast of the year. So we hope you had a great start to your 2020 and I hope you enjoy what we have for you today. Yeah, ma'am. So what is our topic for today? Um, you know... In regards to a title, I still haven't titled it yet, it yet, so they'll figure it out tomorrow. But I can say, you know, this this podcast is called the Marriage Millennials Podcast, right? And we do center our content around single dating and married life. Um, so we do have a structure for this podcast. Not sure on the title, like I said, but you know, we thought what 
better way to be on brand, right? Mm -hmm. And kick off 2020 with a podcast about singleness. Yeah. Um, You know, we have been noticing some trends out there as as it pertains to singleness and people's thoughts and their thought processes towards it. So, um, you know, we're going to talk about we're going to be unpacking that today. And um, one thing we're noticing was that there is basically a fad that um, it's almost like an addiction to singleness. Right. So like a glamorizing of it. Right. And not to say that. Yeah, like the glamour, the glamorize it because like being single is not bad. It's not a bad thing. Right. Um, I think we always want to make sure to say that. Um, but there is kind of like an extreme um, aspect of it that we do want to talk about today. Um, like you have a lot of single people that are afraid to say that they desire marriage, you know? Right. Um, and I think that there are a lot of singles who feel defeated um, from maybe their past dating failures or just dating baggage that they may have. Um, so they try to kind of like save as much of their pride as they can. Right. And so they kind of like deflect and try to confidently, and I'm saying confident in quotations to mean sarcasm, but like to confidently claim being single. Mm-hmm. Um, Almost like it's like not not just necessarily a transition. It's more like a state of being for them. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. A, it's like a deflection because they don't really actually feel that way. Right. It's it, the, the thing that popped into my mind as I was writing my notes for the podcast was it's kind of like the comedian Monique back in the day, oh, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. she was a heavy set um, comedian and she would like create these stand ups that just like bashed skinny women. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> like skinny women can't do this for you. They can't do this for a man. They can't cook. They can't. Blah, blah, blah. You need a big girl, for blah, blah, blah. Right. Know? And yeah. so, um, you know, and now she's lost a ton of weight, you know, right. and it's like, it's like, girl, there was never anything wrong with being skinny. Like, you know, right. And it's kind of just like a yeah. deflection. So people who desire marriage but just don't have it have chosen to kind of fall in love with these quotes and these memes and these just states of beings, like you said, that just pretty much um, it make, almost, make it seem like being single is even better than being married. And it's like, right. that's not that's not true at all. Right. And, um, you know, uh, we just uh, want to kind of nip that in the bud. And in the aspect of, like, learning, I guess, mentally, how to be content with where you are, yet at the same time, you might have desires that you want to, you know, petition before the Lord of places that you want to go, things that you want to be. Um, and it's okay to have both of those, holding both of those intention, to be content yet still desire um, desire uh, more. Right. Um, and Sam's going to talk about that a little bit more, um, a little bit later in the podcast. Um, and so that was our first point, just kind of bringing to light that extremeness that is out there. So we kind of want to break that down a little bit more. So our second point is um, Jesus is not your boyfriend. And um, that's the title because I don't know, like, I think even a couple of years ago, there was just like, you see it on t-shirts, you'd see it. Um, you know, even if you still go to churches in probably like women's single ministries, mm-hmm. You hear people saying like, oh, Jesus is my man, my boyfriend. And it's like, Jesus was never meant to be romanticized in that way. 
and a lot of Christian women, um, you know, instead of actively seeking a partner intentionally, they settle with this Jesus is my boyfriend or adopting this quote unquote what they would call the gift of singleness. Right. And and then it just it as me and Ro were kind of just thinking about it and um listening to other people even talk about it as well. It just became one of those questions where you start to ask yourself, "Wait, is this even biblical?" Like Right, right. Where is the book chapter verse that tells us that singleness is a gift? Like and we had to ask ourselves that. So then we actually, you know, we, we read up on that. And we were like, okay, um, I'm coming up with a goose egg here. <laughs> I'm not really seeing anything that really actually shows us that um, there is a gift of singleness. Now there's a gift of celibacy. Yeah, there was a gift of celibacy that we see mentioned um, in uh, Matthew chapter 19. Um, but in regards to the gift of singleness that everybody keeps referring to, they're referring to a passage that, um, when you put it in context, actually is not necessarily saying that. And uh, for your own time, when you get some reading, uh, just go and read 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 6 through 9. And when they read that passage, they come away with the impression that Paul is saying that um, singleness is a gift of some sort. But that's not what it says at all. Um, when you read that passage, actually, Paul, if you start from the beginning of the chapter is talking to Christians that are in distress. They're being they're being persecuted, right? So if you're being persecuted, what is a pressure point that someone could... Because remember, Paul himself used to be one of the persecutors, right? He used to be one of the people who would torture Christians into blaspheming against God, right? So he knows their tactics, but what he then goes ahead and says is like, hey, look, um, if you're not married yet and you're betrothed to a woman or a woman's betrothed to you, Hold off on your marriage. That's what he's saying. And you see, after you read verse 6 through 9, go further down to like verses 30, 32 through about 36, I think it is. And you'll see that he's talking, he's not saying be single. He's saying postpone because the person who has a wife, the person who has a husband, the person who has children with that spouse, those are points at which people can torture, threaten, and even harm those people to get you to do things that you don't necessarily want to do against your God. You see what I'm saying? And that's why Paul was suggesting that for now, that until we get out of this age of persecution, for now, I think it'd be best for you guys to remain single. Right. So that's what that that's where this whole thing of the gift of singleness just, you know, it just got carried out of hand. Right. So it's pretty much not saying like, oh, you know, this is your call to just, you know, be single forever. Um, it's it was just saying that at in this time, based on this context of what is going on, I would recommend that you postpone um, your singleness until the this persecution time is over. And so, pretty much, we want to just bring some clarity to that. So, moving on to our next point. Um, again, this is not to say that. Um, marriage should be idolized and singleness should be shunned. Um, we say this all the time and we are going to keep saying it. Um, you know, God is sovereign in where he has you. Um, I think there are a lot of single women who go the opposite route and they just like idolize being married or you have married women who view their status of marriage as like this, I'm above you, you haven't reached this checkpoint 
um, aspect of life. And that's not true either. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, we got to kind of make sure we're hitting that middle ground. Um, God is sovereign and seasons are different, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the ways that you can serve God that you just can't do as a married person anymore because you have more obligations. Um there's ways as a married woman that you can serve God that a single woman just cannot do because they can't serve in the same ways as you. It's just a different season with different opportunities um, and different um, just aspects of your life. And mm-hmm. One is not necessarily better of, uh, than the other. Um, so it's not to say that marriage should be idolized and singleness should be shunned. Um, but it is to kind of say that it is okay to confidently um, desire and communicate that desire for singleness and for singleness to be a short-term goal for you. And when I say short-term, I don't necessarily mean like, oh, a couple months. It could be a couple years. But just like in the, in comparison to the span of your whole life, it is okay for you to confidently say, I don't want to be single until um, I take my final breath. You know what I'm saying? It is okay to have that desire while also not idolizing that next stage of marriage. Right. And, you know, like, this is this is one of those things where you don't want to, as a married person, marriage and singleness both have their advantages. Paul very clearly points that out in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Marriage is a good thing. And but in a state of marriage, if you come across your single friends, um, we're not to, you know, thumb our nose at them. And also in a state of singleness, if you come across your married friends, you're not supposed to thumb your nose down at them either, right? You're you're supposed to be genuine with what it is that you're that 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 you're going through in that moment. So like marriage is a good thing, but what happens? Sin right? We know what, what happens in any institution that is good is that wherever you go, where no matter how good the institution is, you yourself are the sin that's in the institution. So you're bound to do something that's going to corrupt it in some way, shape or form. And what happens is the other people who are not in that state will point and say, see, that's why I'm not blah, blah, blah. You see what I'm saying? And uh, a marriage person will say, see, that's why I got married to blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, there, there is God-honoring ways to do both versions of, there, there are God-honoring ways to do both versions of that stage in life that you, might, that you may be in. However, um, you know, you don't want to force that. You don't want to um, do it your way as opposed to God's way. And one thing that me and Ro were um, talking about with regards to that was um, we, we saw a difference in between... <clears throat> both Abraham and Isaac and how uh, they went about uh, this particular thing. So like when you're desiring something, it's okay to be content where you are, but at the same time, make your, make your petitions to God and, uh, and, and ask him for more. Um, Abraham wanted a, he wanted the seed that was promised to him. Right. And instead of waiting on God, what did he do? He did the wrong thing and he had to, you know, it was a whole bunch of fallout that came from Abraham's actions. But Isaac, on the other hand, learned from his father and said, you know what? I don't think I want to go that route. I'm going to wait on God. And God gave him his child too, right? Both people got their their blessing, but one had a tremendous amount of fallout from uh, disobeying 
versus the one who just obeyed God. Um, so, you know, I just want to I just want to point that out as opposed to uh, the the people who might, on the other hand, let's say you're let's say you're single, for example. There are single people out here who are so desperate for marriage that they will go and do it their way as opposed to God's. They will ignore the red flags with people, ignore certain things that they know they shouldn't even have entertained past the second date. All for the sake of marriage. Why? Because you've idolized the marriage, right? You've idolized it to the point where you will do anything to get it. That's not where we want you to be either. We want you to have a balanced biblical approach to this. And I think what our topics are next is kind of practically how to walk that out, right? Yeah, well, I actually had um, a point still kind of on on the topic that we were on originally. Um, Okay. You know... As millennials, we should be preparing for marriage. Like, you know, like I, just kind of following up what I was saying, like, you know, having that desire for marriage and for singleness to be a short-term goal. You know, as millennials, we should be preparing for marriage. It's one of the most important decisions that we will make in our lives. Um, but not in like a Barbie and Ken, like daisies and roses type of way or like and also not in a like this is all your worth is um, is going to amount to type of way either but Mm -hmm. in a way that like you know I understand that walking alongside someone is a beautiful thing and God you know made the covenant of marriage as another way to honor him in a way like that you know and so kind of like what Sam said you know we do want to give you some practical um, tools, you know, what does that look like? You know, so, you know, maybe you've kind of heard this podcast up until this point and you're kind of like, okay, Sam and Ro, you know, I hear you. I feel you. I desire marriage. I want to be confident in that desire. I feel like I have the green light to confidently say I want to date. So what do I do now? Like, what does that look like? A to A to Z take, walk me through it. Right. So Sam actually kind of talked about the first point of this, um, in what he was just saying, um, but to, to kind of reiterate, um, the first point we have is pray about it. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, hear us out, because I know that people grow really tired of hearing just pray about it. Totally get it, can totally relate. And people want practical advice, you know, and we're going to give that to you in just a minute. Um, it's just that this is tr- this truly does get overlooked, just the aspect of like, coming to God and praying to him because people approach praying kind of like, you know, God is good. God is great. Let us thank you for our food. Amen. Like, you know, and so people aren't necessarily communicating with God in a intimate and in-depth way. And so it does get overlooked. Um, and like Sam said, you know, Pray and tell God your desires, but also pray for contentment and pray that you don't sin to get what you want. And so yeah. Sam already elaborated on it. I don't think he has to do it anymore. Um, so for our second point, um, you know, see if you're ready. Like, you know what I'm saying? After you pray about it and you, you know, pour out your heart's desires to God, evaluate yourself and see if you're ready. And this is huge because a lot of people just kind of go through the rigmarole of meeting someone and then after, you know, three to six months or nine months and it doesn't work out, you meet someone else, repeat, repeat, repeat. And But there's never any self-reflection or just stopping to figure out like, you know, what am I bringing to the table? What am I accepting from the table? Or even 
am I ready for marriage? Like, is this something that I feel like I am called to be doing? Um, am I ready to compliment someone else? You know, like thing, things of that nature. Um, you know, just that evaluation after you've prayed about it. See if you are ready for marriage. So anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, um, I think you should always take it seriously um, and view marriage as the institution that it is. And like you said, you just want to make sure you prep yourself. Make sure that you're ready as well, not that you're just looking for someone who is ready. Um, They shouldn't be necessarily just picking up your slack per se, but they should be meeting someone who who is basically also going to be given 100% like they're going to give 100%. And um, when you see someone who's going to reciprocate that back and forth, that makes marriage a lovely thing. That makes marriage a blessed and a beautiful thing. Um, it's very difficult when you're seeing someone who is not necessarily reciprocating or if you're that person who's not reciprocating and you're trying to trick that other person into, um, into thinking that you're marriage material. So uh, those are all things to consider as well. Right. Um, at least the baseline of that because when you get married, your partner is not going to completely fulfill you or give you everything that you need in every way a lot of things you're gonna have to grow into so and but at least just kind of like I always say like there is a standard like there's you know you don't have to be perfect but there is a standard of respect and that's in relationships friendships marriage there is a baseline so (laughs) whatever your baseline is at least as long as that's met so the third point is observe the suitors around you. Um, this could be in your church. This could be your friends group. Um, this can be online dating. And so when we say observe, we don't necessarily mean like, you know, you are actually like watching them because you can do that in church. You can do that with your friends group, but you can't necessarily do that online dating. But when we say observe, we kind of mean like scout, like search, search date, like get in the active um, kind of stance of being a suitor for someone. But the key here is to do it in an in- intentional way and know what you are looking for. Like, yeah. it's not just like a, this open pool of like, well, whoever swipes right, let's go out on a date. It's like, no, like I have these, you know, layers here. Mm-hmm. I have these, you know, guidelines. Standards. I have these standards, again, like we said. And, you know... I have this filtering process. So it's not yeah. just like the whole Red Sea is open. Come on through. It's just like there, 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 <laughs> there, 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 there are, you know, different checkpoints that you do kind of have to meet before we get to that area of, you know, wanting to be serious about a courtship. Yeah. And so, yeah. And y'all know, y'all know my view on this. Like to me, I'm just like, when it comes to that single life and you looking for your spouse, get to the know as quickly as possible. Um, you know, you want to find somebody who, you know, ideally does that you don't get to the know on. That you're like, oh, yes, I definitely want that person. But if, if there are some things that you're just scared to ask this person because you know that the answer is about to be something that would just literally disqualify them... Get to the no as quickly as possible. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Therefore, you should not fear that you're going to be single forever just because this one guy who's cute or this one girl who's pretty is, you know, disqualified. Okay, he'll give you someone else. He'll give you someone else. I promise you he will provide. Right. And so um, after you've kind of done all that, the fourth 
point is like as you're in that stance of dating, date with strategy. Like we say this all the time. I don't think that this is something that people are talking about a lot still, um, but we're going to continue to talk about it. Date with strategy, date with clarity, meaning that like we said, you know exactly what you're looking for. Date with intention. So the way you date, the way you reach out, the way the place you go on a date, the way like every date intentionally and then date with purpose. Like I said, um, just kind of with that overall thought in mind of, you know, a covenant and walking alongside someone um, as you point that person to Christ or as you just, you know, fulfill, you know, the beauty of marriage with that person till death do you part. So, you know, have those things in mind as you are dating, as you are courting, even before you get married. Like there's no light switch that turns on after you say I do and you just form into a husband or a wife. Like, you know, that's not how it works. So, you know, you kind of have to kind of mold yourself um, and just be start to be that person, um, you know, as you are, you know, and even before you enter marriage is pretty much what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, that's even, you know, it's funny. That's actually even true for you and I in marriage, right? Being intentional, being clear, and, you know, having purpose. So it's it's a very good foundation for you to practice it now while you're single. So that while you get when you get into marriage, it's something that you just naturally can do. Right. And that and, you know, that's that is going to change. Like the clarity, you know, is going to change. You're going to want new things. You're going to have to navigate new things. Um, The intention will change. The purpose will the purpose will stay the same kind of stays the same. But in regards to God, but the, the clarity and intention to achieve those things does change as you go through different stages of your courtship, your marriage, and your life. Um, so, it, like Sam said, it is great to practice now. Yeah. All right. So that's pretty much all we got. Yeah, we gave you guys podcast. a we gave you guys a brief <laughs> overview of everything starting into the new year. Um, there is a lot more detailed stuff. You want to tell them where they can find it. Yeah, so before we wrap up, um, while we're on the topic of dating, um, we wanted to shamelessly plug our free, 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 um, How to Change Your Love Life in 90 Days ebook, um, which covers, and this is mostly for the ladies, it covers more in-depth the things that we kind of talked about on this podcast, um, you know, to download your free copy. Um, you know, just head to marriagemillennials.com. As soon as you get to the site, it'll pop up right in front of you. Um, and you know, that'll really, I think that you, that'll really bless you. If you like this podcast, that'll kind of be like the next step. Um, also I was just featured in a magazine today. So, um, voyageatl.com. Feel free to check that out. If you'd like to read that, um, me and a couple entrepreneurs were featured in an article. So that's pretty cool. So, Alrighty, guys, we will talk to you soon on another podcast. Take Take care. care. Bye. Bye.